0: Hey guys, it's Tom here, and I got a quick heads up for you. My mom is trying stand-up comedy tonight. That's April 29th, and uh, you can see it online on bonfirealive.com. Bonfirealive.com. Tickets are only $5, and it's going to be me, my mom, Amy Silverberg, and her mom, Andrew Michon and his mom, uh, Mike Malloy and his dad, Greg Stone and his dad, and uh, it's going to be a great time. Bonfirealive.com. Come see my mom do stand-up, and don't you heckle, you son of a bitch. All right, enjoy the episode. (laughs) you <laughs> Everybody, and welcome to another episode of Stand By Your Band. I'm Tom Takar, the wolf of Dog Street, joined as always by the Prince of Snarkness himself, Tommy McNamara. How are you, Tommy?
1: Yeah, I took a bunch of acid for this one. I'm gonna be all psychedelic talk because we're talking dead, baby.
0: Uh well uh seek help and uh if you at home are struggling with drug addiction, uh call one eight eight just call Reed. me.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, call
0: Tommy, he'll come take all your drugs. Um, we have a very special guest today, uh, the hot dog man himself, Dave Waits here. <laughs> Zip, zap. How <zam>. are you? <laughs> How you doing, Dave?
2: Well, you know, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I, I saw the other day you posted, you, you did your 200th episode or some shit. And I was like, "Man, is that where I fall on Tom's oh, friend list? I don't, <laughs> I don't even make the top two hundred cut. Two o two, baby." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, damn, we hug out, bro." Hey, I want frisbee.
0: Who- If you're a comic listening to the show, just know that is exactly how I do it too. I've I've booked people based on in order, based on how tight we are. Uh, So if you if you were curious, some people got four episodes, um, and uh, that's them sliding down my friends list. (laughs) I had to rebook them to be like, no, now you're number one hundred and eight. Jane Torres. uh,
1: Well, Dave, you did the old podcast way back in the day. Which one? Girls, Girls night, night with Tom Tecca. Yeah, to you didn't the- oh, Tom Brady.
2: That's right. Oh, that was, he had a transition. He trans into the car <laughs> yep
0: yep yep well and uh you know let's just say the appearance didn't go so hot and that's why you're number
2: <laughs> two <laughs> i thought i thought i'm we,
0: playing we, dave I, I had
2: no idea i can't even remember that i did girls night
0: i also forgot <laughs> that's uh it's a relic from another time i thought about bringing girls night back um just as like a shorter podcast to do like 20 minutes a week or something and then i've i remembered that it's uh, that we already struggled to book guests for this show and i was like oh the thought of having to book for two podcasts was really stressing me out
2: girls uh, night was funny it was like you were it, you would always set up the premise that you and the girls were going to go out right and you yeah you want to get wild and drink apple teenies or something. Yeah. The
0: The whole idea was that it was a podcast for women to listen to while they were getting ready to really party it up. And uh, <laughs> wonder why we couldn't quite find a fan base for that one. Um, <laughs> but the people who liked it uh, were are great. And uh, I still get messages about fucking girls night. So that's why I was like, maybe I'll bring it back. I still think <laughs> I thought about making it a Patreon thing where I was like, just do it we do it for patreon but uh now we already have a patreon so whatever
2: is girls night still available
0: i think so i'm pretty sure people can still listen to it yeah because every once in a while i still get automatic reports that are like four people listen to it this uh month or whatever (laughs) this decade (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah man we're excited to have you i it's one of those things where i don't think to book people for it because i feel like i'm bothering people and me and tommy both do all this where it's like i feel like i'm bugging people unless they ask me about it specifically or if i just saw somebody and i'm like oh yeah they gotta they gotta do it so
2: i mean that's usually how i talk myself and to being overlooked i'm like these guys are busy they're in new york you know but <laughs> but then once everything became you could do it over the internet i was like ah oh, come on one of these days you gotta <laughs> come on. we're like in a, yeah. we're in multiple text threads together i know so, but the second you
0: brought it up i was like of course but it's like <laughs> look at that group it's like uh i forget to, i don't i never think to ask anybody because i don't want to but you know
1: it's I mean, also I'm long just... distance uh, if we do if we zoom to L A. So it's a long. It's a long oh, distance It actually costs us to extra to
2: right now. <laughs> did, you, did, did you have to talk to a Zoom operator and they had to plug <laughs> in the things?
1: To... <laughs> yeah, it's an old timey switchboard. <laughs>
0: oh, who you want to
2: zoom with, Ethel? All right, beep beep. All right. Hot riffs coming
0: Hot. At, coming at you. How you been doing, Dave? Are you doing stand up out there? What's going on? What's the story? Just
2: starting to slowly creep back out there. The Improv is doing like a mic three nights a week. I go to, I don't want to milk it, you know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: I well, once I, once, once I got like in the preferential, uh, you know, the elite status of the, the mic, uh, where they'll throw me up whenever I, uh-huh. I don't want to milk it too much. You know what sure, I mean? Sure. Sure. I want to have the other mic people Uh, laugh at me you know i don't want them to be like this guy again you know yeah that's Mm -hmm. a
0: fine line that's interesting they were doing that um they were kind of doing a version of that at the cellar before like before indoor shit was open uh here and before vaccinations were readily available it was like a, a basically an open mic that they were doing at the olive tree that uh but it was for like you had to be into the club but it made for most people but um it was, I felt, I felt that way too, where I was like, it was kind of like a text and you get to do it, but I was like, I'm not going to do it every day. That seems shitty to like take a spot every day, but some people were there every day. And I was like, you're crazy. It I also mean, that's was like weird. Cause it was like a restaurant. It was like a dinner thing.
2: I mean, that's the one thing the pandemic has taught me is that I probably need to do comedy like three nights a week. That's probably You know? Yeah, And I'm probably better if I only do it three nights a week or, or four.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: If I do it seven nights a week, you know, I don't know. It, it, it loses something, you know, you don't give a shit. If you do it like, have you ever done it like 20 days? I'm sure you, the guys live in New York. So you've probably had those runs where you've done it like 20 something days in a row. And then yeah, by that, there's like a point where you you hit like that real hot. You get become like, I'm invincible. And then what? then you're up there and it just seems like you're just saying words and they don't even mean anything.
0: Yeah. I heard Sam real talking about this the other day and I kind of liked it where he, he was like, cause I'm, in, I'm kind of in that mode right now where I'm like, what the fuck am I even doing? I have three spots tonight and I'm like, I, I, I got on one of them. Maybe I can work out some stuff, but it's like, it, it's, I've, I'm in the same boat. I'm like doing old stuff to try to remember it and like get back in the I want to have good sets now again, you know, cause things are, You know, starting to get kind of normal and uh, it sucks because then I like woke up with a panic where I was like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like going on stage doing the same shit I've been saying for five years. Who gives a shit? What's the point of this? And then I heard Sam Rill say this thing where he's like, he purposefully sets up a bunch of sets so that he does hate the material, you know, after a little bit. And then he's like, now I have to write or else my punishment is I have to keep doing these jokes. And it, it, I liked it, but then if you don't actually do the writing, you're just punishing yourself. <laughs> and yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it sucks. But it's also not an easy time to try out new shit that's not COVID-related, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, uh, you know, I've been recording my sets like I'm a first-year kid, you know? Yeah. I'm, like, Same. going back to... I, I'm like, man, I, I wonder if I've been recording my sets all these years if I wouldn't have been, like, uh, successful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what they say
0: I'm in the same thing I did Mohegan Sun last week and I recorded all my sets and I was like someday I'm gonna listen to those
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah the longer sets are tougher to listen to I mean I like when I go do like a seven eight minute set I'll record that because I'm trying a lot of new stuff out I hear right. this stuff yeah
0: yep I hear you brother well
1: you know who mixes up their material all the time the masters of (laughs) improvisation the grateful dead yeah
0: (laughs) maybe you're here to talk about grateful dead dave and uh i'm just gonna come right out uh in front of it and say this is a band i knew and kind of still know nothing about so i'm excited to talk to you about them get a little glimpse into uh into grateful Dead.
2: tommy do you have any background with this band
1: well, today I watched three and a half hours out of a four-hour documentary about them. So I have that fresh in my mind. Um, oh,
2: you watched The Long Strange Trip?
1: I did. I really enjoyed it. And I, I think it's a thing where if I watch a documentary about any band, I will love them immediately. <laughs> Just something yeah, about music yeah. documentaries. Mm-hmm. I am such a sucker for them. But I thought it was really good. It's on Amazon Prime. and It's, a, it's in four episodes. It's not a four-hour documentary. As I yeah, it's like four
2: episodes. Yeah, I mean, it's really well done. I, it I, is, I yeah. And I feel like it's a good introduction to the, to the band and the scene and all that sort of stuff. If you've never seen it. Yes. I mean, yeah. I think it's pretty wild. Like that phrase, what a long, strange trip it's been. I mean, that's the grateful Dead. That's a, in the lexicon, you know, if anybody ever says anything about a long, strange trip, that, that is the origin is the grateful dead. I mean, that's a pretty wild thing that, yeah that they put out in the, you know, uh, universe, uh, I think there's a lot of misconception. I mean, I mean, obviously, there are known for, like, the long noodling. But it, the studio albums are great. Like, the American Beauty and... Uh, shit, I oh, can't remember the... Working Man's Dead. They both came out in the same year. And they're very... They're like, like country rock, almost, essentially. And, like, all the song. On the studio albums, they don't fucking noodle around. They're, they were trying to make hits. They were trying to sell out. Not in that that album. They were kind of trying to sell out. Those two albums they came out in 1970, and before that, uh, in the six, like they had. I think their first record was like 66. They were doing like really far out psychedelic stuff, mm-hmm. where it's like barely. They're like barely even like their songs, but they're not like traditional style songs, and then. By the time like '70 came around, like the record company was like, "Bro, what are we doing here? <laughs> you know, we, this shit's wild. You know, how how are we supposed to fucking market this?" And then they were like, "All right," well, they they started listening to like country radio, and they started bringing in, like folk rock, and then they they made like more traditional style songs and shit like that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was surprised listening to them that, it, and I also, by the way, I appreciated that uh when you sent the songs over i was very concerned that i was about to get a list of like uh here's this one song but you gotta get it from the garden in 64 and no, uh, no. That's, this one, that's what a lot of these live like bands that do good live shit it's like i gotta track down 12 youtube videos and uh, <laughs> but uh you just sent me this straight up song so i just went with the studio ones for uh for all of them minus um oh no for all of my Except for Cassidy, uh, which we'll get to in a second. But um before we get uh too far in, we do have a segment to get to, which is uh where we hear from the owner of the comedy attic in beautiful Bloomington, Indiana, Jared Thompson, our resident snob. He hates uh a lot of music that we talk about, although not a lot of the stuff we've been talking about lately, because a lot of it's been appreciation shit. But uh I'm very curious what Jared's thoughts are on The Grateful Dead. I'm pretty sure I've heard him recently say that he um he had like a second look at them and enjoyed them or he got into them somehow, but I could be, yeah, wrong, he,
2: so. he got into it. He bought the shoes, bro. <laughs> uh, when I, I was there in like October and he came, cause he knows I like the grateful dead. And then he, he came in with the shirt on and like he, he, he bought the Nike release, like these shoes last year, the, mm-hmm. the grateful dead dunks. And they were like, <laughs> they're like furry. And they have like the grateful dead bear on them and mm-hmm. shit. And they sold out like immediately. But of course, Jarrett, he had a pair of them and shit like yeah.
1: that. <laughs> you know, Bill Walton would have rocked those so hard if, he, if they were around uh, back it's
2: in funny the day. that you say that because that's
0: like literally the only thing I know about the Grateful Dead is that Bill Walton <laughs> liked them. <laughs> when I watched, uh, there was this old Bill Walton documentary. There was this series on ESPN Classic called Sports Century. And it was oh, yeah. really good. It was before 30 for 30. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I learned about, uh, bill russell and uh john McEnroe and like all these guys that uh and uh like all these uh old tennis uh people like all these random ass athletes i learned their whole were and i was like every one of them was good um but then uh you know 30 for 30 came around and blew them out of the fucking water but uh <laughs> i learned a lot there was a long chunk of it about how bill walton loved grateful dead and i was like oh good for him man i don't know um yeah his career it turns out just there wasn't enough turmoil in his life to fill out the, <laughs> the shit so um all right but here's uh here's jared thompson's thoughts on the grateful dead
5: What's up, y'all? This week, he went to Jared. The boy's gonna have Dave Waite on defending the Grateful Dead. So it was good to see you, Dave recently. Uh, Dave came and did the Comedy attic right before he went back to LA, which was really nice to see him. And he's just great on stage. So the Grateful Dead, um, I'm a backwards fan where I like probably 15, maybe a few more songs, uh, but no live stuff. I'm, I'm just not, I can't, for the reasons that most people hate the Grateful Dead is why I don't like the live stuff. And, um, but the songs that I like, I love, and this kind of all started for me. Uh, my mom died the year that the comedy attic opened and, um, she had been a, she had been a deadhead for probably the last 10 years of her life. And, you know, she had a uh, tattoo on her ankle and was super into it. And, um, basically, um, when I was putting together the playlist for her funeral, um, her favorite song was ripple and, it's just hard to deny that song's greatness and it's just a beautiful song. And so I just started to listen to that song every now and again. And that sort of led me down the path of listening to a lot of the earlier records. And I really love, you know, like even the, the self-titled album, the first album, even though it's totally different than what they ended up sounding like, I love that record too. I also crazily enough, ended up at their last show in the parking lot. I was, uh, um, so at Soldier Field in 1995, I just graduated high school, and my parents got me a one-way ticket to, or a, I guess a round trip t- ticket to, anywhere I wanted to go. And I had pen pals in Madison, Wisconsin, and they they basically worked in like the Shakedown Street, like the area, you know, the pre-show sort of festival area, and they sold stuff. I don't even remember what we were selling, but we could hear the show from you know from from the outside, and it it, it really was crazy to be there and just see all this so anyway all right i love you guys i will talk to you later thanks all
0: right thank you jared what do you think about what uh jared had to say dave
2: i mean i i i i thought it was pretty moving you know Mm. (laughs) you know the stuff about his mom and all that sort of stuff i mean i did put that song ripple on my list i mean yeah i I, should we go ahead and listen
0: to ripple just because he, he listed two songs that uh that you have on here i believe
2: um I mean, you what, also mentioned Shake Down Street, uh, which I think you had, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I will say that when I made that list, I mean, I, I try to pick as many diverse sounds of the band because when people say they don't like the Grateful Dead, I, I, I will say well, you don't really like American music because they—that's what they did. They played all sorts of different forms of American music. Mm-hmm. you know they played like the blues and country rock and country and i mean they sometimes they just yeah. played straight up country songs or you know then they'd play like they'd play like zydeco and uh all this other you know and then the improvisation is all from like jazz and shit like that mm-hmm. so i mean they and like you know traditional folk songs so they're just uh and then there was some disco influence uh, so I, I i don't know Am yeah, I doing a good job I heard of that different-
0: when you said that to people? You said you don't like Grateful Dead, you don't like America, and you can get out. <laughs> English it. is
2: what you say to him. What are you? What are you? Some not so you're not some sort of hippie, you're not making your own soap. Better get out of America, <laughs> get out of my
0: country. Then <laughs>
2: <laughs> we're all this is just one big commune, man. <laughs> it's just one big Trump circle here, bro. It's all peace and love. What do you like, guns? You better go to Canada. <laughs> uh,
0: all right, let's hear some of Ripple. Is there any specific part of the song you think I should start with? Uh,
2: well, I would. I mean, the last—I would say the last minute of the song is really good. Uh, I right. mean, the whole song's pretty good, but of I don't. Course, you know, of
0: course, but I mean, if you had to hear thirty seconds, I just don't want to. I would say the
2: last yeah last minute or last last minute here okay Too low,
3: you choose to lead my swallow. but if you fall you fall alone if you should stand then who's to guide you if I knew the way, I would take you home. La, na, na, na. La, na.
2: I mean the last line where he's like, "If I knew the way, I would take you home." There's something about that line that always—I don't know—it it hits me in a way that I, I don't know. It, it it overwhelms me sometimes. Yeah. Is that is that gay? <laughs> Jesus, <man. laughs> yes. yeah, I, don't, I don't know. You can't say that anymore, Katie. <laughs> <laughs> did I just cancel myself? Dave <laughs> <laughs> just did a self cancellation
0: uh look i think it's uh i think <laughs> it's perfectly but i we talk about i talk on this show all the time about how lyrics fucking mess me up like that's my that's my favorite thing about listening to music is the lyrics so no i think you're uh i think you're good um this, this song, which was recorded in a country folk style, was written by Jerry Garcia and Robert Hunter. Hunter was not a performing member of the band, but wrote the lyrics to many of their songs. Hunter's words were often very poetic, lending themselves to interpretation. In this song, he writes about the joy of music in the air and how we must all choose our own path.
1: I love like, when people's words lend themselves to interpretation. I think that's so nice.
2: <laughs> I well, yeah, don't I mean, like that. <laughs> I, this is like I have this big book here. It's the all oh, the lyrics. Shit
1: look at that it's Ooh. all the
2: lyrics and like you know they had they had like guys that were like essentially like uh, poets that wrote the lyrics you know mm-hmm. robert hunter he he wasn't a band member he wrote all the lyrics le- he wrote a lot of the lyrics not all of them but uh yeah there's there's a great podcast about the grateful dead called the good old grateful dead and it just started last year and they go through every they're, go- they're going through like almost every song and then like breaking down the origin of the lyrics and the oh. interpretation. I mean, all their lyrics are like the guy that uh, Robert Hunter, he he was very, he never would like let on to like what the lyrics actually meant, you know? Cause like mm-hmm. people, especially people that are tripping balls and listening to this music, they want to read in all sorts of like what right, this yeah. means and yeah. stuff. They're like, this means that bro. And like, <laughs> and so he was always kind of, he was very like coy, uh, you know, and, and made it kept it mysterious uh, about what the lyrics meant. And sometimes he would say one thing, and they would do another interview and say it was something else. Like it's <laughs> just too wild you know, that shit, just like
0: that. Me right off, you shoot me straight, <laughs> Robert. <you know? laughs> uh, I got some fun facts here. I'm going to do it in the form of trivia, though. Where uh, do you know what movie uh, this song is in?
2: Uh, oh it might be more than one but i know this
1: right off the bat it's uh the talented mr ripple of course (laughs) 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 yep well you got it
0: (laughs) um no it's uh i'll just tell you guys because the tv show is better um Unless you do want to take a shot, Dave, I don't want to stop you from getting one. I I
2: don't. You got me. I I I know a lot about the Grateful Dead, but I don't know where this has appeared. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. This was in uh, the movie Mask, not to be confused with the Mask, which is what I was thinking when I read it, and I was like, "What a! I do not remember that."
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just Uh, a heartfelt song, right?
0: um the other the other thing it was in the series finale or the final episode of a tv series that is very popular uh amongst us at least um would you know what series that would be Ooh, can we do Freak, one
1: hint on this one
0: freaks and geeks you got it it was freaks and geeks
1: look at That
0: look at that yeah i didn't know that i don't i i love freaks and geeks but somehow i missed uh i missed that um but pretty interesting um, a little more trivia here for you because I was just like I said I knew nothing about the band so I was just doing a little look at the old Wikipedia and uh, do you guys know what uh, their original name was?
1: I do, yeah. Yes, what do you it's got? The war- Warlocks. Warlocks.
0: The Warlocks is right, and it was funny to me reading about this because it's like they were the they were the Warlocks and then they had to they had to you know cut it because. <laughs> Uh, they found out there was an already, already a band that had the name Warlocks that already put out a record. And then it says the Velvet Underground also had to change their name. Well, the no, Warlock.
1: that was the band. Yeah. It, they both changed their name.
0: Yeah. We but was there not another band? This is making it sound like there was a third band. Is that not right? Was this everybody's like we're the warlocks? It's just funny that everybody's like, yeah, the warlocks. <laughs> it's like my buddy had a joke about uh, how there's there's two different teams named Sox in yeah. uh, baseball, and he's like he's like there's a meeting where they're like, all right, we want to be the Socks, and then the other <laughs> team's like, no, we're the Socks. It's like, all right, all right, we all want to be Socks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Joe. Uh, uh, Joe LaLanda. He's very funny. Uh,
2: I think Martin Short used to have, like, I guess in Canadian football, there used to be two teams named the Rough Riders, and there was only, like, ten teams. And, like, Martin Short, I think he had this famous bit. He was, like, on Letterman or something, and he was, like, the Rough Riders score versus the Rough Rider. You know, it was just, like, this big elaborate. But it's so wacky. Canadian football being so wacky. It's like <laughs> 10 teams, two of them have the same name. <laughs> hey, bud, we're to be the Rough Riders. No, bud, we're the Rough Riders. Eh? Uh, okay. Hey, okay. Oh. Uh, well, sorry, sorry about that. eh? <laughs> <laughs> we,
0: we can both have it. See, that's uh, that's the problem with Canada too friendly. Um, <laughs> and do you know, uh, do you know where they got their the, the name, the
2: Grateful Dead? It was in a, a dictionary.
0: That's right. Uh, Garcia found the name in the Funkin' Wagnalls folklore dictionary. I, gotta tell you, I think Funkin' Wagnalls would be a good band name.
2: Funkin' Wag- <laughs> Hey, we go down to the beach tonight. Funkin' Wagnalls playing at the band show.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> we'll get some tasty marks. We're fucking-
1: <laughs> Seems like they're a little more Wagnalls than funks these days. <laughs> <you know? laughs> With all this acoustic shit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. they, they just play Buffett covers. Boom. <laughs>
0: uh yeah that uh i that's just it struck me as funny that they like, every band was like
2: yeah how about the warlocks they're <laughs> fucking rules well yeah these guys were like in their tw- early 20s i mean uh, bob weird he had he had to get like bob weird that he's like the uh, other guitarist besides jerry garcia he had to get like his parents si- to sign off to run away with like a bunch of hippies because he was like 16
0: <laughs>
2: that is wild
0: Uh, All right. Shall we hear another song here? What would you like to hear next here, Dave?
2: Uh, Well, I guess uh, Shakedown Street would be a good one uh, to show the stylistic differences.
0: Hell yeah. All right. Let's hear some of Shakedown Street. Let's get forward just a little bit. They were reading the funk part of Funk and
2: Wagnall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's song. you know, and, uh, you know, in any version of the dead or, or the offshoots now play that song. I mean, that's when people really get, that's when people get the fuck, they get down at the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so I know you've
0: seen the offshoots. Did you see, I, did you already said that? Have you seen, did you ever see the grateful dead live?
2: I never saw the grateful dead live. I mean, I was old enough. I mean, I would have, you know, the first concert I ever saw was uh, Pink Floyd at the Hoosier Dome in in, in uh, nineteen ninety four. I was oh, like, yeah. like my uncle took me. I think I was like fourteen. You know, I was like, a, and I, I smelled marijuana for the first time at that concert. You know, but uh, you know, the Pink Floyd crowd is much more sedate and than the. the but I, admit, but I, I didn't really get in the Grateful Dead until the past like five years. I mean, I, I had like, I had like the Greatest Hits CD that came with from like the BMG. You know, remember they would mail you the. C- yeah, yeah, we had BMG. You'd get the, you'd mail them, you know, you'd mail them with the penny, and you'd get eight CDs. Yeah, so I had yep, like that.
0: We were suckers for that in my house.
2: And when I got that, cause that because that that Greatest Hits, I think it's called the uh, Skeleton Key or something like that it was like the greatest hits from like 66 to 72, but the Grateful Dead that I had heard at that point didn't sound anything like that because, you know, it's on the list. That song touch a gray is it sound you know, it's like from the eighties, it was a huge music video and it didn't sound anything like, so when I got that skeleton key thing, I was like, oh, I all right. I, you know, I didn't. And, you know, when you're like a teenager, I, I, anything that's is a little bit challenging music wise is tough. Yeah. Like I yeah. remember like I was, I'm a huge Pearl jam fan. I could have done an episode about Pearl jam, but I remember like Pearl jam, they, you know, they were crushing it. They were huge. And then they put out this album called no code, which is not grunge at all. And it's much more acoustic. And the, and the songs like as I've grown older, I think are amazing, but there was like a huge. I mean, the album before it, it sold seven million copies, and then that one sold like a million mm-hmm. because it it was it was like it required more from the listener. It wasn't, yeah. you know. But so it took me a long time to come to appreciate the Grateful Dead, and I it was because I got the satellite radio Sirius XM, and they have a channel on there. And I found in traffic, if I put on like one of their like long noodly jams, that it kind of could transfix me and I wouldn't want to get out and strangle people, <laughs> you know. Like, I was like, oh, it just took me two songs to get across town, you know, but it might be 45 minutes. <laughs> you, know? Uh, you know what I mean? You know, but if you're listening to like real short songs in your traffic, you become very aware. But if one song is like 18 minutes and you're like, I mean, the one thing is that I, I you know, I think. It does require a lot from the listener to, you know, when they're like the live stuff, when they're on the noodly jam, but it's like a form of EDM. It's like analog EDM essentially, mm-hmm. whereas like it noodles off forever. And then eventually the beat drops or, you know, and the Grateful Dead, eventually you're like, boy, they've just went off into the stratosphere. I don't even know what <laughs> the fuck that, I don't even, I can't even remember what song it is. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden they fucking will drop back into that song and it like blows your fucking mind, especially if you're like baked out or you're tripping balls.
4: Uh Like
2: if you're tripping and all of a sudden you're fucking in the fucking in the matrix and you've lost your way (laughs) and all of a sudden it fucking kicks back in. Or sometimes in the live show, it's like they noodle off into a jam and then, then they kick into a different song and you're like, whoa, that fucking blew my mind.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds fun. That sounds. Like, I I like the way you're putting it because it's like. Uh, I mean, I like that in some bands where <laughs> they get away and then they come back. But it's. Uh, yeah, we're when we we haven't talked a lot about jam bands on this podcast, but uh, yeah, it's always tough when people are like, "Oh, you got to see them live," and that's why I'm glad you brought stuff that works in the studio and is like a different thing live too.
2: Yeah, um, I mean, I think this the studio songs they wrote are really. Uh, you know, they're good songs and the good lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I think there's been a, a re-appreciation. I mean, I, I think the guys from the national did like a huge, uh, tribute thing called day of the dead. And they got a bunch of indie rockers to be on it. Like Wilco's on it and Mm -hmm. a bunch of other motherfuckers. I can't remember off the the (laughs) war on drugs. And You're, uh, you're speaking
0: our language. We're both big Wilco people and I love the national yeah it so the national my favorite band
2: right now the national yeah and they're they're on it they they did a couple of tracks on that there's like 50 tracks on this thing the day of the dead thing oh wow and then uh and then the last album Bob Weir the the guitarist and the other vocalist besides Jerry Garcia he he put out out in 2016 called Blue Mountain. And the guys from the national are like his backing band on that. Oh hell yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, and it's all like it's like Western song, you know, uh cowboy songs and uh it's really good. Hell
0: yeah. Um should we uh let's hear let's hear another song and I got some more questions for you here. Um let's hear how about fire on the mountain next. Okay. That? Let's hear it. Like that
2: one a lot. Yeah, I mean that song bangs. It it usually in (laughs) concert. It usually goes with this other song, uh "Scarlet Begonias." So like, yeah. yeah, So, so. Uh oh, (laughs) did we
0: lose Dave?
1: Oh no, bad trip, bad trip. Oh no, (laughs) (laughs) he's wicking out, man.
0: All right, we're uh, we're back. We had a little technical difficulty. I blame Zoom myself. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I use
2: uh, ZenCaster. They, I never have any problem with ZenCaster.
0: Ah, well, we use Zoom, and we don't have any fucking problems with Zoom. Dave. <laughs> <laughs> you just said you had
2: problems with Zoom. Uh, yeah,
0: we didn't have a problem with Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> No. Uh but you were talking about when they play they play this song along with a uh, with another one.
2: Scarlet Scarlet Begonias. Yeah, so it goes Scarlet Fire. And you know, those those two songs together in concert's usually like 20 minutes if you put them together. So that's a little nutty, but but yeah. <laughs> but I was uh Scarlet Begonias uh, uh, that song like uh, Jimmy Buffett will play, he but he puts a lot of uh the steel drum on it. So you hear
1: used to cover that too.
2: Yes, the blind did, yeah. Um but yeah um, that fire in the mountain it's got definitely a reggae influence.
0: Yeah. Oh I could hear all that. I also there's a fire on the mountain uh buffalo wing joint. Uh so I'm sure that's a chill ass uh Buffalo wing spot. I was uh like you were talking about with the traffic in uh in LA listening to this stuff chills you out I had that where I was biking home just now listening to this and uh, I almost got killed by a truck because like, the guy tried to fucking, <laughs> he didn't have the right of way and he just decided, he saw me and he was like, fuck you and he just gunned it and I was like, Jesus Christ, I had to like, <laughs> real hard. Was uh, it Casey
1: could- Jones driving that truck?
0: Yeah, <laughs> what's the heck?
1: The, the Grateful Dead have a song about a truck driver on cocaine called Casey oh, Jones. I see. Dude,
2: that's a great reference. It, uh, and I, <laughs> I he was, I, was a train driver. Casey Jones uh, was a real, train, driving, the
1: train. Yeah, cool. driving that train.
2: That's yeah driving that train. Casey Jones
1: reference doesn't work. And
0: uh, driving uh, he, that
2: truck beep beep down high on high the road.
0: High as fuck. <laughs> uh, but no, it mellowed me out. And that song specifically, I was like, hell yeah, I'm cruising yeah that song is tight um i wanted to ask you because you mentioned it when we were talking about uh things you could defend uh you brought up uh john mayer uh playing (laughs) with the dead what do you what are your thoughts on it
2: i mean i think he's an excellent guitar player and you know i think he's he's done the work you know i mean i think the first tour or two around people were pretty skeptical in the community but now like I listen to the they, the Grateful Dead radio. They have like a they have their own talk show. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, That's when, where like, I did
1: my first late night set. Yeah,
2: <laughs> 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 it's it, it's wild. Like sometimes people like, especially when like Dead and Company's on tour or somebody, they'll be like, oh, "I went to the show and I was tripping and I couldn't find my car in the parking lot." <laughs> like people call it, and then like these guys that are the hosts are like these crusty old hippies and they they'll tell some story about they couldn't find their car in the parking lot at some show and shit. Yeah. But I feel like John, he's done a good job. And like, I mean, I've seen the dead and company like five or six, to- maybe six times now or seven. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's always, he's, you know, he's bringing the, the vitality and the energy. I mean, I think John Mayer, uh, has wanted to do anything to try to make himself seem cool. You know what yeah. I mean? So <laughs> he's like, really, he did, you know. He he realized like whatever he did when his early twenties would made him seem like a monster cheese dick, and then uh-huh. he's tried to correct that the rest <laughs> of his life.
0: <laughs> and he, he still
2: might. Be. I mean, the one thing I don't like is like he's very like he says he's not going to do psychedelics and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. I'm uh, like he did. Get, I guess he got real into weed, and then he heard Grateful Dead come up on Pandora, like the uh-huh. song Althea, and he was like. He the song like really blew his mind in the way that Jerry Garcia played guitar and all that stuff. So that's what mm-hmm. really turned him on. And he got turned on to it. You know, he didn't get turned on to it as a young man. It was in the past decade. Yeah. Uh, but what was my point? Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I wish that he was, you know, cause he's smoking a bunch of tree and he's still like anti psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, you're in with these guys. You got to at least trip once. Like, the, you know, because it's Dead & Company's like three of the original members and then uh, three other guys. And the other guy, this guy, Jeff Kimini, he's he's been with the Dead offshoot essentially since the Grateful Dead broke up. So he's been mm-hmm. with these guys for like 25 years. So he, he's almost like a real member of the band now. Mm-hmm. And then this guy playing bass in Dead & Company, his name's O'Teal, and he was with the Allman Brothers for years so he has that sort of street cred mm-hmm. the allman brothers was like the southern grateful dead
4: <laughs>
2: and yeah. uh, but he the guy O'Teal, like i think it was like on the second tour he decided to take acid before one of the shows and went out and was like playing acid and like this oh, is like shit. a sold out like fucking like it was at the gorge in washington and i'm like if this guy this guy had the balls to do acid and he's a guy in the band that could be fired <laughs> <You know?
0: laughs> yeah. that's wild that's a ballsy move that's a, that's a guy who probably does acid a lot and is like I know exactly what's going to happen
2: yeah uh, yeah I mean what <laughs> yeah. that's so
0: funny he could get you're like hey I'm riding the line maybe it's a thrill for him that's a, that sounds Pretty cool though <laughs> to be playing. And you're just <laughs> on acid and you're on stage. It's like this is the craziest shit
1: ever. The thing <laughs> that 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 I think is crazy when I was watching the documentaries when they're talking about like they they were filming a movie and they were doing a shoot and they put acid in the coffee, so all the, the like extras started accidentally taking acid. They tried to get the guy from like Warner Brothers to do. It. It's like, well, this is just weird to me. Yeah. Like it's what they the like tricking other people into doing acid. if oh, that's, know, that's uh, really a cool move. Well, yeah. They, 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 they
0: were, they were. Uh, I think that is uh, drugging someone, which is
2: uh, yes. very. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you they...
1: don't drink anything around the Grateful Dead. It's like, <laughs> that sucks. You <laughs> just yeah. want to have a nice time. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: you can't drink anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the yeah, the one guy Robert Hunter, the lyricist, there was like some punch. Behind, behind, uh, I was, he was drinking punch, and he didn't realize that. Multiple people had dosed it so he had like a crazy intr- so acid trip, like they said it like fucked him up for like a year and shit, but he, <laughs> oh but he wrote like some of the best Grateful Dead lyrics after that experience. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> I feel like punch, it's kind of on you. Like coffee, it's not your phone. Right. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but punch, be... you don't drink the Grateful Dead Punch. Anyone <laughs> would know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Grateful yeah. Dead were on like they they had Playboy TV in the 60s. Uh, There was a a Hugh Hefner hosted a show and he came out in his robe and tried to seem hip and they dosed everybody on the set (laughs) including Hugh Hefner. That is wild. (laughs) I
0: heard, I mean, there's that old saying, if you hang out with Robert Hunter, there's going to be two bunches. <laughs> <laughs> him punching you and then him dosing you. <laughs> with
1: a bunch. I heard that that's when Hugh Hefner got the idea to have the ladies be naked. He had that acid trip. He's like, wait a second. Then they were
0: as clothed as you could
2: get.
1: <laughs> oh, they were wearing uh, heavy winter coats. <laughs> the acid really opened them up.
2: <laughs> what, what if we saw a little bit more? <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh all right let's hear let's hear another song because we got we got a lot of business to get to here so i want to i want to hear uh what do you think uh cassidy next i yeah. i only found cassidy live which i and i uh i i really liked it so i'm gonna i'm gonna just gonna throw that bitch on let's all right. hear cassidy
2: Yeah, that was the first Bobby song. It, it says Bob Weir song. Mm. You know, in the Grateful Dead community, you know, people were like, oh, Bobby, Bobby's song, you know, people are like, they love Jerry so much. But I think that a lot of the Bob's songs are really good. And like in concert, they would kind of rotate back and forth. Like if you li- listen to like a live album, it would be like Jerry, then Bob, and then, you know, kind of back and forth. And sometimes mm. it wouldn't always be back and forth and then like depending like some of the keyboard players sang over the years the 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 Grateful Dead had a real uh spinal tap situation with the keyboard players like the first guy hit pigpen he died mm-hmm. and then they got another guy uh Keith oh shit i can't remember his last how to say his last name he he was with the band for like 7 years god he,
1: show or something god or something?
2: show yeah he got yeah. He, he him and his wife Donna Donna yeah and they they were in the band for 7 years and then they left the band and then they got this other guy uh Brent Brent Midland, and he he had much more of a like a Michael McDonald sort of voice and he said he sang some songs sometimes and then he died and Keith died shortly after he was fired and then they got this other guy Vince Welnick who he he made it till the end of the band when Jerry died but then he killed himself like a couple years after, like maybe 10 years after that. So every, everybody that's played keyboards for the Grateful Dead is dead.
0: It's a spot.
1: Damn. There's a funny yeah moment in the documentary where they're you're interviewing Keith and Donna and they're talking about or they're interviewing Donna and she's like, yeah, one day me and Keith were listening to the Grateful Dead record and he stopped and he was like, I don't want to listen to this band. I want to be in this band. And then it worked and they got in the <laughs> band. It's like that has to be the only time that, that is like that confidence is just like so insane. That's me. what
0: happened to me where I was like, I don't want to read Playgirl magazine. <laughs> I want to be. In Playgirl magazine, (laughs) and you can see
2: my spread coming out next week. I spread my butt, (laughs) Um, all right. So, that song uh, Cassidy, I think, is like partially written about Neil Cassidy from On the Road. Yep, that's what this is
0: uh, saying here. Yeah,
2: yeah, they hung out with that guy. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's the wild thing about the Grateful Dead is they were like there at the beginning of like the counterculture, and like you know, they played like the acid test where you know essentially it was like a party where everybody took acid at like ken kesey's house who wrote one, yeah, one flew one over flew the cocoos wow.
0: Yeah. wow oh wow that's awesome yeah
2: that's so yeah that's some pretty wild shit you know i mean you think about like anytime you see somebody wearing like a tie-dyed shirt i mean that is in some way because of the grateful dead right they were like the johnny apple of like lsd and dr- because they had like this <laughs> band of weirdos that would travel across the country and i'm sure they they probably turned a lot of people on <laughs> <like> a fucking tripping and <laughs>
0: um all right we got two songs left here i'm gonna play them pretty close to each other just so we can get to the next uh the next couple things because we we got a lot of comments and then i also had a i found a quiz that i want to do with you um the first one is touch of gray uh this is
2: this is their big hit
0: oh yeah let's hear touch of gray
1: I mean you must have known that one, right?
0: Yeah, that's the, I was about to say that's the only song I knew. Yeah, that was like um, a, and, it, and it was the on first one, one it was the first one you sent, so I was like, Oh shit, maybe I'm gonna know all of this.
2: And then <laughs> the
1: Next thing, you know there's a fire on the fucking mountain.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you probably would know Friend of the Devil because a lot of yeah. people have covered that one. But mm-hmm. I, I felt like that one is kind of like their stairway to heaven where it's like, it's good, I see it live, okay, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it's been done friend of the devil has been done so much by other people and it kind of, I'm like, okay, you know, I don't yeah. know. Fair, fair, fair.
0: Uh, all right, let's go ahead and hear the last one on your list here, which is uh throwing Stones."
2: Another Bobby song. <laughs>
4: Dear Bobby.
0: Oh,
3: shit. Oh, Sidewalks and it rolls the streets
0: stones
2: oh yeah yeah. it's like their protest song about uh Mm. you know the politicians throwing stones at people (laughs) yeah i hate when they did that
0: (laughs) i don't usually get political but i don't think they should be doing all that throwing them stones (laughs) i went to a biden rally he's throwing rocks at me and i was like hey buddy i'm about to jump ship (laughs) um
2: he's like (laughs) Yeah. Fast, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I try to find as many songs that had a different time signature type stuff. You know, I think that's the I mean Tommy knows more about music, but I the the Grateful Dead, they use a lot of different time signatures than like the standard sort of band, I think.
1: Yeah, there was a really cool moment where they were talking about uh, the drummer, uh, the one who's still playing with them, uh, I forget his name, but he was talking about like the first time they laid a 4-4, like, like a 6-8 on top of a 4-4, and that's when he was like, Oh, we can do anything in this band. I was like, That's pretty cool, uh, to hear. Uh, yeah, they were just doing really interesting stuff rhythmically.
2: Well, yeah, they have two drummers, you know, <laughs> yeah, the rhythm devils. That's what, uh, Francis uh, Ford Coppola he, he dubbed them the riv- rhythm devils. And then, like, a, on Apocalypse Now, he used those two guys, like, to make, like, drum rhythms and shit, oh, shit. like that. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. That's really cool. That's awesome. Uh,
0: all right. So, I, I found a quiz uh, that I want to give you here, Dave. Ooh.
2: Are you a deadhead? <laughs> <It's>,
0: uh, <laughs> along those lines. it's. Uh, I, hold on. I got to
2: pull it up here. And
0: uh, it's going to be a pain in the ass. But it was uh, – I liked it. it. It was the first one I've seen in a while that I was like, oh, this this fits. So let me just pull it up here.
1: Well, uh, while you're pulling it up, can I just say that my girl gave me that dead head? And uh, yeah, just to kind of pass the time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, all- your girl gave you that dead head? <laughs> uh,
0: okay. So uh, now that we have gotten that out of the way, <laughs> all right, here's the quiz um, it's which Grateful Dead song are you? And- Ooh. Now it's uh, the site is kind of fucking up on me a little bit, but I think it'll work well enough. The first question is how many dead shows do you figure you've seen? Uh, The (laughs) the options are none five plus 10 plus or no clue, bro. Uh,
2: Oh, I guess five plus for me. All right. Off to a bad start. Uh,
0: (laughs) Uh, All right. Question number two, besides the awesome music, What's the best part of a dead show? Uh, The crowd, the vibe, the beards, and the drugs. And when we say the beards, we are not talking about Tommy's uh, girl who gives him dead (laughs) Uh,
2: So you're her beard. I see. (laughs) Uh, I would say the vibe, man. Okay. Okay. Good
0: answer. Good answer. Um the next question here is would you Say you're a hippie at heart, and the options are not yes and no, as you might imagine. <laughs> the options are groovy, man, uh, not really. And dude, I haven't bathed in months.
2: Smell my dreads. Ugh. I guess I'm gonna go with groovy, man.
1: <laughs> you do have nice dreads, though, for the people yeah, listening.
2: They look smelly as hell, but they look
0: good. Uh question 4 besides the dead what type of music do you listen to the most rock country jazz or
2: classical i would say rock
0: all right all right uh there's there's seven questions here i think we've done four now so let's see what question number five is it is uh what do you do when somebody tries to harsh your buzz with a bad attitude oh
2: that's a good question
0: (laughs) Uh, ignore it do you offer in quotes help uh dance or do you get even
2: uh, i think you gotta dance my man <laughs> <laughs> i was not expecting that to be the answer but i love it. dave's a dancing man
0: remember there was a time at the cincy Bruhaha where it was like a i want to say it was a bad show it was like uh it was the one that was across from the loud stage and i think were yeah. really going and it might have even been raining but that, that <laughs> might be mixing up stories and dave just danced his whole set <laughs> <It was really laughs> It really brought me a lot of joy.
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there was a time I was known as Dancing Dave Waite. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to bring that time
0: again. Let's make Those, America great.
1: Francis Ford Coppola dubbed you know. that. And then
0: <laughs> uh, all right. Question six. What, what crazy job sounds like the most fun? Uh, fortune cookie writer, uh, bed warmer, elephant dresser, or chicken sexer?
1: ah that was in minari there were, there were chicken <laughs> they were really in the movie minari They were chicken sectors <laughs> that's a true story <laughs>
0: I hope that the real thing is the hardest i've ever heard Dave.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> a
1: very moving film <laughs> uh
2: a bed warmer that sounds like a pretty rad gig
0: okay all right bed warmer uh i don't even know what that is I don't know, no, man. You
2: just get in somebody's bed warming up. Warm up man. <laughs> right.
0: I got to hire one of those. All right. So this last one is a little tough because it's, uh, <laughs> it says pick your tie-dye. And I'm just going to describe to you what the tie-dyes are. All right. uh, okay. They're all images. One of them is a smiley face. Uh-huh. One is a heart. One is a peace sign. And one of them is just the straight-up swirl where it's almost like a dragon's
2: tail or something. You know? Whoa. Uh, can you go over it again one more time? I, uh, I
0: it was a heart, a smiley face, a peace sign, and a, a just a regular swirl.
2: The swirl. The everything else is too much.
0: Mm. <laughs> Fair enough, classic man. <laughs> uh, all right. So now what's gonna happen is gonna be very annoying, which is that I have to click through all this bullshit. Fill out your social oh, security wait. card. <laughs> it might. Already, it might just give it to me because I I already did this. Oh, I have to do this dumbass survey. So. uh, now uh, I want. What do you think you're gonna get?
2: I I think. I mean, it's gonna pick out a. It's gonna give me a Grateful Dead song based on these answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. I mean, there's like you just uh, there's like there's like three there's like five hundred I don't know there's like a thousand songs that they fucking play. I would guess,
1: I'd guess they're pulling from the top. 10 is what that so, would be my guess i have popular. the
0: answer but i would love to i would love to hear a guess before we uh before we go to it
2: oh i don't know maybe it'll be uh based on those answers maybe it's uh oh uh mm. <laughs> i think <laughs> uh alabama getaway uh, that's a good
0: answer but you got one uh a song called uncle john's band
2: well yeah that's a pretty popular i bet you if you heard that one you would know it mm. as well that because that comes up on classic rock radio sometimes if you play that This is funny that it says this,
0: because based on the answers you gave, it says you're the sort of person who has some fears about the future, but also (laughs) a lot of hope. You cast your eyes backwards to the good times and pray they come with you as you move forward into the unknown. Keep the faith. It'll happen, man. I don't know how they get that you're afraid of the future from the answers that you gave.
2: But they are pretty right.
1: (laughs) It's cause you only picked the swirl, you're afraid to make a statement
0: Wait, tearing up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> the future is pretty gnarly. I'm not at inci- sight. i kind of I kind of enjoyed this past year because I didn't have to send out emails to a bunch of people. like hey, you think I could do your show? I've only been doing it for sixteen years, and I've been on t v fucking ten times., uh, can I do your show, please? <laughs> I promise I'll probably be better than most of everybody else on the show, but can I do it? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it's all back though you gotta do it the okay. hustle the grind ah. all right <laughs> we, uh we are at our final segment uh before we rate the playlist here and uh it's gonna be tough because there's so many comments uh mm. we go to the peanut gallery each week where we hear from the listeners of this show and just the people who are friends with me on facebook Uh, but first we go to the people who are on our Patreon and the Patreon, uh, popped off for this one. There's a lot of thoughts about grateful dead. So first off, Ron Trimbath says, uh, there are some, Oh wait, no, this is from the, okay. This is from the Oscars thing. My bad. Uh, Jennifer Starla, uh, Miller says, uh, probably a bad thing that I audibly groaned when I saw the notification come across. I guess they're <laughs> okay, but I can think of several better stoner bands to come out with a higher, no pun intended, level of musicality. Can't wait to hear the defense. All right, Starlin. Um, Dylan Pryor says, thoughts on Dead & Company? Does Mayer do Jerry justice? What do you think? You said he does a great job. I think he's on just horror.
2: doing his own thing, which I think is good.
0: Yeah, that's probably better. I
2: mean, it's not like they're... I mean, I think that's why, like, there's a band called Joe Russo's Almost Dead, and they're, like, a Grateful Dead tribute band, but they're re reinterpreting it their own way. And all the guys in Joe Russo have played with uh, members of uh, the dead, you mm-hmm. know, the guys that are still living. They've, they're all, like, dead adjacent somehow. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about this music is if you it's always open to interpretation and every version of it is different. And, and I, what I'll say about the live stuff is that sometimes they suck and that is cool.
4: <laughs> I, I, it's
2: cool because it means they can also be great. great like they the, the, the what's considered their best live album is live in Cornell. Mm-hmm. It's like from 1977. It's on Spotify and you should people that, like i don't like to listen to that i mean it's like almost flawless like in terms of like how fucking tasty the jams are and sick the grooves and and i think if if if, if people you go out it just it's a the the music i mean if you listen to the studio albums it's not most of it isn't that challenging i think you could get your wrap your head around it uh what was my point? I just went <laughs> off on a tangent. <laughs> Sometimes
0: I start talking and I... And you said that's cool when they suck and... Uh, oh yeah, it's cool <laughs> when
2: they suck because it, it also means that they can be great. I would say the majority of bands that you go see live, they play the same set every night and it's almost like you could hit, like, you could just hit a play and you'd be listening to the studio album mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I mean, I guess that's cool and you want a band that's not perfect, but... I don't really think that leads to like moments of like, Oh fuck. You know, like that moment that blows your mind, like Pearl jam, you know, is is not a jam band by any stretch of the mean, but they did it adopt the grateful dead model of playing a different set almost every night. Yeah. You know, there's like a core of hits. They'll, they have enough hits that they'll play those each night, but the, you know, they play 30 songs and from night to night, 20 of them will be different, you know, Mm. and that's cool. And like, the Grateful Dead, they're their peaks and valleys and like and the fans get it. Like it, I've listened enough on the radio like like when uh, Bob Weir, like he'll fuck up the lyrics sometimes. And when I'll fuck up the lyrics or miss the lyrics, you can hear the crowd like cheer and they think it's funny. <laughs> and that, that's fun. Yeah. You know, like they're like, Oh, he blew it instead of being like, Oh, I went to the show and, and they <laughs> fucked up. And it's, uh, it's like, this yeah. is funny. Like, yeah, it's, that's a good it, it's very like present. And in the moment, it's not like you're seeing some like kiss where it's like, you're seeing like a Broadway show that mm-hmm. has like a 50 year old, a 60 year old or, man and makeup and spitting blood or something you know what i mean or or some i love this idea
0: because it's like sometimes you know you're on stage and you're just blackout drunk and you're slurring every other word it's like why doesn't the audience just fucking appreciate it (laughs) a hundred dollars to be here
2: well yeah i mean i mean there was definitely towards the end of the uh, grateful dead yeah jerry was like very sick on drugs and uh, they anti-diabetes and so he he wasn't up to par, and 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 people did complain that way. But there were other times that
0: <laughs> sorry, I just uh, the fact that he had diabetes and they've made an ice cream flavor out of his name <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> feels kind of fucked up.
1: I already he put diabetes in the punch. Sometimes <laughs> 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 get all fucked up.
2: Diabetes. <laughs> sorry, that was
0: just <laughs> What a cruel move <laughs> to make a food that he
2: couldn't have eaten. <laughs> uh anyway sorry <laughs> yeah go ahead but i would say most band, the fact that that it can be different every night and sometimes it'll be great and sometimes it won't be so great is uh, that's that's exciting i love
0: that it's fun it, and it keeps it fresh i enjoy that too uh let's uh, let's tear through some more of these because there are like i said there's a lot of them here uh ajb says this is one of my dream bands for y'all to cover a band i love so greatly but my biggest frustration is that i obviously i is that obviously I listen to their live albums, but I feel like a fraud because the only studio albums that I listen to are Terrapin Station and American Beauty. But that's more of a problem for the deadheads that quiz people to see if they actually like the dead. Also, Dogfish Head American Beauty Hazy Ripple is a letdown. Uh, It is embarrassing to call it a hazy IPA and the Grateful Dead deserve a better IPA, but I also won't stop buying it when it's available. (laughs) I I feel (laughs) you, AJB. I'm I'm a sucker for a, a, a hazy IPA and especially one with a theme. Um, I mean,
2: that, that's the one cool thing is like, once the more you get into it and you learn the song names and the different terminology, and then you go to Denver and then you realize every other business is named after a great pretend <laughs> <Dead> song. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay. And then you, the sandwich is the fucking, you know, <laughs> I get it
0: um zach drake just uh brought up something that i uh just talked about uh he said i'm not big into jam bands but i'd like to thank those who are into grateful dead without you there would be no cherry garcia ice cream <laughs> <laughs> a grateful man uh Derek lady says saw them a few times in college jesus i'm old but it's like the stupid joke about the 60s if you can remember a dead show you didn't go <laughs> uh oh that's all the patreon ones the other ones are uh just huge business opportunities. In
2: our <laughs> huh. um, you know, my aunt made th- uh, thousands of dollars a day working from home.
0: Did
2: you know, that? just fifteen you? hours a week.
0: <laughs> when I moved to New York, I got a tip job, and then I got one of those emails that was like, I saw an ad for it, and I was like, Oh. I'll just fucking do that. <laughs> I thought it was real for like a minute. Then I clicked on it. And it was one of those things where I was like, Oh, I can't wait to quit this bullshit job I have because I'm just gonna leapfrog onto this thing. I'm gonna be making a killing and then uh so let down to the, like was not a legitimate option. <laughs>
1: um, uh, I have a very special peanut gallery. Uh Thing that I wanted to do which yes. is that my, uh, my mom was a big deadhead like Jared's mom so I asked her uh, for her thoughts she said she saw uh, I saw them eight times my freshman year at Michigan uh, people used to write the set lists on their jeans so by the end of the weekend your jeans were filled with dead songs I thought that was very funny Uh we used to make fun of Keith and Donna God Show, I think just because their names were funny. I had a huge crush on Bobby Weir. He was so handsome. In Pittsburgh, one night, I got up to the stage and was two feet from Jerry for four hours. He was a beautiful soul and amazing musician, seemed to genuinely love his bandmates and the Deadheads. And then the last thing she said was also, a lot of people in the parking lot were using whipped cream cans to do poppers, I think. 1980 was pretty crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was her version of uh, someone said they were
2: doing it. <laughs> <laughs> Look at your cat was like, whip it. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When you go to the show, there'll be people in the parking lot with the uh, nitrous oxide tanks selling ice cold balloons. Ice cold oh. balloon.
3: <laughs> Oh my God.
2: Yeah. You, wow. If you get a good deal, you get three for 20, bro. That's a good fucking deal. And <laughs> then you're thinks, like, uh, yeah. you're like, hey, amen. <laughs> <fucked up." laughs> the crazy thing about doing whippets is it makes your voice do that. But uh-huh. everybody thinks that you're just doing that like you're putting that voice on you're like mm-hmm. hey i'm fucked up and they're like oh yeah you, oh funny and you're like i'm not <laughs> fucking around bro <laughs> <laughs> oh,
0: That is great um tommy were there any notable ones from twitter
1: yeah, there are a few. I uh, I won't read them all because I know we're running out of time. Yeah. But uh, William Madison said, better than Fish, but worse than basically every other band. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Andy Sanchez says, that's a band who had a member who named themselves after a Ben & Jerry ice cream flavor, right? Uh, Cameron Little had an interesting point where he said, they're fun and have some great live album- albums. Like any band, diehard fans can ruin their image, but anyone who vitriolically hates them can fuck off. Um Oh, and then uh, this is another good one. Inadvertent Reply Guy wrote that the most annoying part of living in the Bay Area is hearing endless stories about countless dead shows from all the men over 50 that attended. And then the last one I'll read was Brandon Reem said, uh, when I was younger, their shirts led me to believe the music would be much cooler. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Damn. Uh, I have to point out, so this is from the Facebook, uh, Gilbert Laund, uh said, do you know the top two shocking slash shithead deadheads of all time? And uh do you know Dave who he's talking about?
2: Uh, I saw that it was Tucker Carlson and uh And, and yeah. really? Yeah. 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 That's well, what uh, the
1: second one say? And Coulter. Oh, okay
2: yeah could you imagine seeing them at a fucking show
0: just like all fucked there's up? there's no
2: way tucker carlson would take his ass to the fucking dead show <laughs> <laughs> there with his bow tie on and a fucking dude fucking shirtless with dreads spinning a fucking glow stick in his face he couldn't hang he'd fucking flip out he would f-
0: <laughs> that's that's so funny um drew waters who is a doctor at the hospital i used to work at oh, said, wow. uh, in true dead spirit you should ramble on for about 10 minutes on totally unrelated issues in the, <laughs> the middle of the podcast and dun, said, we already do that and, uh, <laughs> joel c Mcclaire said uh, about to say has drew not heard the podcast which is a tell, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is also hurtful joel but it is true i make a point of doing that um Let's see. Uh, Adam Burke says completely passed me by. I know precisely one song. It turns out I probably do too. Alex Price says shakedown street is a legit bop and the documentary festival express is amazing. Great concerts too. Um, Jeffrey McDonald says, I won free tickets to see them post Jerry from a radio station. Once the girls at their concerts really like to twirl around a lot. While a lot of tw- whole lot of twirling and there were way too many people using hula hoops in the parking lot <laughs> before the show for my comfort. The albums sound like country rock. I'm told the live albums are better, but I don't have the time or will go- or will to go down that daunting rabbit hole. What a weird complaint. <laughs> so many <laughs> very
2: anti hula hoop. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who sees somebody hula hooping and going, "Ooh, I don't like that."
4: <laughs>
2: that's a real, that's some real Footloose energy. You're the townspeople <laughs> from Footloose.
0: That would be such a desperate, like, play for a, a sequel to that movie. Where like, <laughs> clearly product placement. <laughs> uh, the
2: sequel to Footloose is uh, Fox News. <laughs> oh shit! Get Boom. Up. Burn! Try not to get political on this. Show, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to get political. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Joe's playing, as Tommy says. Republicans buy sneakers too. <laughs> <laughs> Republicans buy hula hoops too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tony Dawes says Bob Weir had some amazing uh, facial hair. Uh,
2: so, he's so. got some. He's known for his short shorts. He's like John Stockton in the short short world. Mm. Oh well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if there was a short Hall of Fame for dudes that wore their shorts too short, Bob Weir would be in it. There's like <laughs> I thought. There's like a Twitter account called Bob Weir Shorts short shorts and the guy would like write funny dead jokes and stuff. i think he he went inactive but it was a fun follow for a while
1: <laughs> well anyone who runs that account dies it's kind
2: of like all <laughs> oh i gotta read this
0: one it's uh Tony Zarrett says uh got pretty into listening to them uh recently just as relaxing background music i think it's because to me The concerts and even a lot of the studio recordings just sound like rehearsals, like some drunk guys warming up before a bar show. There's no pressure (laughs) to really pay close attention. Uh, They hit on a catchy tune and you hum along for 30 seconds, then you can go right back to thinking about something else. Seems like the concerts would have been fun for that reason. Uh, I like reading the internet reviews of different shows. Uh, People are like, Jerry was absolutely on fire during this solo. It's just him going for a full 20 seconds without losing the beat. (laughs) 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 I know it sounds like I'm trashing them, but I'm not. Uh, They really are a -a one-of-a-kind thing in the rock era, and I can see why different generations keep coming around to them. Love that. Uh, well put, brother. Uh, Aaron Lampert says I love them, but they are kind of terrible at singing together. And then uh, she posted a link here that uh, I can't play. Um, uh, Gabe Kia says greatest cover band of all time. And uh, the last one I'll read here is Jeff Asmus says people who hate the Grateful Dead are absolute fucking morons and unworthy of Damn. dignity or respect. All right. <laughs> uh, Jeffrey. Um. All right. That brings us to the end of the podcast. We got one last thing to do, which is to rate the playlist. But before we do that, Dave, you get to give us your final thoughts on the Grateful Dead. You have the floor.
2: I just think uh, whatever your thoughts are, you know, I get why some people aren't into them, but I feel like it's like one of those things where I think a lot of people are dismissive without ever giving it a chance. You know what I mean? They've, They've associated with the crunchy guy that, worked at their work It was a little too much you know but if you ever get a chance to go to any sort of dead related sh- you know there's all sorts of the Joe Russo out here there there's one called Grateful Shred uh and then I guess uh Dead and Company's coming back and then Bob Weir any of the stuff you, you go and I I think you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised I think it it's it just a community of like pretty good vibes and there'll be some sketched out people there, but there's sketched out people everywhere in life, you know? And the fact that people are coming together and like especially when they have like the parking lot scene with like it's like if if uh you know like football games there's a big everybody's tailgate, but what if everybody was tailgating and was like tripping or like smoking weed and, and didn't have any dad energy at all. They just had <laughs> cool vibe energy and and their people are selling like Their own fan art and weird, weird shit and ganja goo balls, and you can fucking you can buy beers in the parking lot for like two bucks from people, and you can do some nitrous, and you you can experience a different. You can go visit the counterculture for a a night. Uh, Does
1: sound horrible to watch a football game that way, but
0: (laughs) (laughs) nitrous out. You should have caught that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Going to a Giants game, everybody's (laughs) sucking on balloons. (laughs) I I just remembered I had a buddy who was
0: a Packers fan. He was a roommate. He wasn't like we weren't tight, but uh, he was like an angry Packers fan. He would get all fucked up when the Packers would play. And it was the year they won the Super Bowl, and they were up so much on this team and this guy like drops a ball and the guy and this dude freaked the fuck out he's like you gotta fucking catch that and it's like dude you're up five touchdowns right now in the fourth quarter it's over man
2: also you're not so part of the team it doesn't yeah. matter to your life let it go let it go <laughs> well people get too amped about sports i mean the older i get i'm like i'm like where they go oh we won today we we bitch you didn't do shit I saw you on the couch you had nothing to do with that and the guys on that team they don't give a fuck about you they bro you. <laughs> they hate you <laughs> they talk about you <laughs> they hate you yeah, you uh, come, you cock block them out of fucking Applebee's when they're trying to pick up the waitress you're like can I get your autograph bro I'm trying to fuck the hostess <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, we got to rate this playlist and, uh, I, I liked this music. I, I found it very pleasant. I liked, uh, the song I knew was great. Uh, the only song I didn't, uh, fully, uh, love was throwing stones. And even that I still kind of liked it. So, uh, I'm going to go high here. I think I'm going to add it. So we rated out of six cause it's six songs. And I think I'm going to go as high as a 4.7. I'm going to give it a 4.7 mm-hmm. out of six. I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it's not always, it's not music I came up with and it's, uh, today's the first time I heard a lot of it and I gave it a few spins and I enjoyed it. And, uh, Tommy, what do you got?
1: Uh, I, I really enjoyed watching that documentary and I enjoyed listening to your thoughts, Dave. I still, it's still never, uh, I'm never going to be a jam man guy. It's just not for me. I think of it, uh, like peanut butter. I don't like it when it's crunchy. That's how I feel. <laughs> uh, but I, I really loved ripple And uh, I thought that's a great song. I must have heard it in that Freaks of Geeks at some point, but that's just like a great folk rock song. So I was very into that. And I really um, like the, um, I I, I, I don't know, I'm like, I'd say more of a three out of six for me, but uh, it's just not my thing completely. But uh, I enjoyed talking about it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Dave, you also get to rate the playlist. So Uh what do you got?
2: I mean, I probably would give it a five uh, out of six or five point, yeah, well, I mean, I could have went just, like, with, like, American Beauty or, or Working Man's Dead and just picked six songs off of those albums, mm-hmm. but they, I don't think they would have been a full representation of all the different sound. I tried to go as broad as I could with, like, hey, oh, you don't like folk rock? Here's something, like, with some funkiness yeah. to it or this or that. You know what I mean? So I tried to uh, uh, do a wide range to try to capture everybody into the dead cult
1: <laughs> it's good to try and capture everybody that's always a good plan
0: there's this punch you can use that <laughs> the process yeah
2: when you out. go to a show and somebody's like here drink this do it Dude, you <laughs> or, gotta do it is what you're supposed to do yeah gotta do it i mean <laughs> what, what are you gonna uh, do you're going to go home and talk to your cat all night it's not the end of the world You'll show up at work the next day and realize everything's bullshit. (laughs) You'll be like, oh no, that, that's why people are afraid of psychedelics. They're afraid to realize, oh, all this is bullshit.
0: Yep. (laughs) There you have it, people. Uh, all right. Thanks so much, Dave. This has been so fun. Is there anything you want to promote on the way out?
2: Oh, I have a new podcast called Rift city. It's, it's, it's pretty nuts. We, we recently did an episode where, uh, uh, we imagine what it would be like if the Sopranos had to deal with Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> so Tony's pretty upset that Godzilla, Godzilla's fucking up New York and he's mad about the Godzilla. <laughs> I can't wait to listen to that. <laughs>
0: you sold me. so funny. <laughs>
4: so uh,
2: we're, we, I mean, it's a pretty new podcast. So we're, you know, we're working through a lot of stuff, but I think we're, we did one with uh, Seinfeld dealing with Jaws. Uh, mm-hmm. That one wasn't as good, but it's still pretty <laughs> nuts. <laughs> <laughs> That's Jerry. No, in
0: sense it. the <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah,
2: it's the theme. It's nice.
0: Television nuts. characters dealing with
2: fictional. <laughs> well, no, sometimes with a lot of Arby's talk, it's probably the most pro Arby's podcast on the <laughs> internet
0: hell yeah dude i'm i i was looking through my facebook memories the other day and i saw that i had posted uh that i was really interested in the arby's uh gyros or gear gy- oh yeah i called yeah. my vote the i was at my corner store people at my deli or whatever and i asked for a gyro and the guy was like what the fuck are you talking about And mm-hmm. i was like gyro and he it's was in new
1: york gyro. they say gyro yeah, yeah. I had you an know, argument uh, with a New York friend about this because he goes, well, do you call it a gyroscope a or a gyroscope? And I was like, well, those aren't related at all. It's <laughs> a totally different thing.
2: Uh, know, a couple of years ago, Arby's had this thing where they had venison for like a day or really? something like <laughs> but, uh, we didn't. I wasn't able to get there in time. To yeah, get it,
0: but, that seems wild to do. Uh,
2: but, but yeah, well. listen to Riff City if you like beef and cheddar talk. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah uh
0: check that out for sure and uh i i'm I'm probably gonna throw a bumper at the beginning of this too because it's uh pressing but my mom is doing stand-up comedy uh Uh, if you're listening to this uh, the week it comes out it's a thursday night um at 8 p.m eastern it's gonna be on zoom you you can go to my instagram and my facebook and i've got the link up there but it's at bonfire alive.com and uh it's it's not just my mom it's uh it's going to be a couple other comics and then their parents. It's Amy Silverberg and her mom. It's uh Greg stone and his dad who is, a, who did comedy. So he's Ooh. a reader and then uh, Mike Malloy and uh, his dad, uh, Andrew Michon and his uh, mom, I believe. So, They're all on it. It's going to be really fun. And then my mom's headlining, (laughs) following (laughs) everybody on her first try. So uh, it's going to be quite a spectacle. And uh, she's really excited. And I'm very excited.
2: Do you have a preview? What what are your jokes you think your mom's going to do?
0: i have no preview i'm very uh she's gonna tell stories i think she's the she was always <laughs> funny at her like at, at work and stuff and so all these like co-workers or stuff and stuff i think are coming to see it so to and, be- and
2: she's gonna be telling tommy tales when you were young you <laughs> in a bathtub or something crazy <laughs> i never did such
0: a thing um i never, never- She uh, 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 just t- <laughs> <laughs> uh <laughs> Also, I'll be at the DC Improv uh, May 20th through the 22nd. So if you're in DC, please come out to that. I'm terrified that uh, there's going to be a ton of empty seats and not just because of COVID. So uh, (laughs) please get out there. And uh, Tommy, what do you got?
1: Uh, I'll be at the Lincoln Lodge in Chicago May 6th and 7th. And uh, apparently, I, oh, with their limited capacity, every show's been selling out. So get those soon
2: if you want to come to that. Uh-huh. And
1: uh, I'll be, uh, me and Luke Mones are at the Bell House Outdoor May 15th for my New York friends. So come out to that.
2: Oh, uh, can I I, I? I have a gig. Can I yeah. <laughs> plug it? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at the Laughing Tap in Milwaukee uh, May. Nice. Uh, May, what the fucking shit? Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm all booked up.
1: May, what the fucking shit? Uh,
2: <laughs> May 14th and 15th. I'll be there at the Laughing Tap. Milwaukee. Come on out.
0: Get over there. Check out Dave and check out Riff City. All right. Get on the Patreon, too. Patreon.com slash stand by your band. $3 a month. Get you bonus episodes every week. All right. Bye. Keep it crispy